Welcome to the Roadie on the Horn podcast. This is episode 16. Here joined today, as always, by my awesome co-host, a man who lives in Colorado right now, Donnie, at Donnie on the Horn on Twitter. Donnie, how are you doing, man? I'm fantastic. I woke up from a nap about 20 minutes ago, so we're still we're still getting our, our things together. But, you know, anything for the podcast, right? You know, that's, that's really what's going on. The naps, because literally nothing is going on in sports there's still no live sports there's so, honestly still nothing no, going still on trying at to just all. waiting it out like period there's nothing going on it's not even just sports like life in general it's like i think i've gotten more bored of the last week than i was in the first like two months of this shit like it's crazy yeah i mean we're just we're just grinding it out we're, we we've been trickling a little bit of sports news but everything still seems to be um a little bit of a ways away a lot of things to to be cleared, but we did hear the biggest news lately coming out of the NHL from earlier this week, announcing that they have officially accepted their return to play rules for when the season can resume. Now, they did announce that training camps can start no earlier than July 1st, which means it'll probably happen in mid to late July, if we're being honest, if even that. So um, definitely things still a little bit of a ways away. Here we are in late May. Today is May 28th at time of recording. So um, still a lot to be sorted out. But we did get some news on what the NHL plans to do when they are able to come back. So uh, we can get over that. And we do have some matchups that we can touch on as well. And a few questions from other people um, hockey related. So uh, looking forward to getting into that. But I want to start. I just want to go over all that we was said by Commissioner Gary Bettman earlier this week in his press conference talking about that return to play rules and how the NHL is going to put together their format. So one of the things that I found most interesting right off the bat was that Gary Bettman mentioned that the 1920 regular season is now officially over. How the NHL is going to um, decide the rest of how they're going to format the playoffs is actually considering a um, seeding format. So what they do is the top four teams in each conference are going to play for first round seeding in a round robin tournament. So they're actually playing different games than the qualifying round, which is the remaining eight teams in the playoff round. So we're getting 12 teams in each conference. And those remaining eight teams not in the top four are going to play a best of five series to advance to the first round of a playoff. So essentially a play-in round, they're calling it a qualifying round. So That should be pretty interesting. They also announced that they uh, haven't officially determined the hub cities for where they're going to play, but that is their plan at the moment. A few cities that they mentioned include Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Edmonton, Vegas, LA, Minneapolis, Pittsburgh, Toronto, Vancouver. So they threw out quite a few different cities there for potential uh, places where games can be played. So um, still a lot to be sorted out, though, but we did get how the format will be will be going. Donnie, did you have any thoughts on the format of it before we get into some of the matchups? No, honestly, it's like I, I thought, I truly thought that there was no real way they could figure anything out here. It just it seemed like everything was too far away and everything still is too far away. But I feel like they've come up with a good proposal that actually makes a little bit of sense now. And I think that's all we were looking for, just some sort of semblance of news that, that has like a real... Uh, maybe not like a, a fully, they haven't really planned out the dates yet, but having a, something that actually is like real news that, uh, shows that we're getting closer to the return of sports is big for me. That's all I'm looking for here. Right. Definitely agree. Um, I know I said we can dive into some of the matchups, so I'll talk about that here in a second, but I just wanted to say that, I mean, we didn't get March Madness this year. So the fact that the NHL is going to kind of a, a bracket format and having like a play in qualifying series before really, uh, interesting as they're the first league to officially announce how they're going to. 
um, put together their return to play when it gets back. Again, there's still so much to be sorted out in terms of um, when are players going to get paid, how much are they going to get paid, all that stuff. But um, just kind of want to focus on what we do know here. So um, with that said, I guess we can dive into some of these um, matchups because obviously that's you know as close as we're going to get to talking about hockey. So that is nice. So we'll start off in the Eastern Conference. Um, the top four seeds being the Boston Bruins, Tampa Bay Lightning, Washington Capitals, and Philadelphia Flyers. So they base that on uh, points percentage. So those are the top four. Those teams are going to be playing in the round robin tournament to determine their seeding for when we get into the actual playoff bracket. So um, there is going to be kind of that buffer in between when we get to come back and when playoffs start. So I think from that perspective, that's nice. And that's kind of an interesting format um, for those top four teams. Then when we look into the qualifying round, so these seeds are numbered 5 through 12, and those that's just kind of how they're matching it up, 5 versus 12. So the 5 versus 12 matchup in the Eastern Conference is Pittsburgh and Montreal. Also, other series are Carolina, New York Rangers. Then you have Islanders, Florida Panthers, and Maple Leafs Jackets. Uh, Donnie, obviously, I'm sure you are looking at the Rangers Hurricane series, but uh, what were your thoughts on some of the matchups that we're looking at in the East? Well, first things first, I feel bad for the Penguins and Penguins fans in general. Like they had such a good year, and it just turns out that the little end of the year, the little stretch that they had um, before the season was, uh, I mean, officially called over. We'll throw them into a qualifying round instead of throwing them in the round robin tournament, giving the Flyers that uh, opportunity to get the number one seed. Um, I don't think they'll have many issues, uh, but you have to kind of feel bad for the Penguins. Like they were, they were not more than a point or two out of having one of these seeds and they're going to have to play uh, a Montreal team. That isn't really anything that we would worry about. However, you know, it's NHL playoffs in general. You start, um, anything can happen really. That's kind of the whole mindset is literally anything can happen in the playoffs. So it's like, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see any of the, the lower ranked teams, end up winning a five-game series, especially considering it's only five games. You have to win three games. So, you know, you steal a couple and everything's over there. Um, I do think that the matchups are not as exciting as I had hoped them to be. Um, you know, it's like Maple Leafs jackets. doesn't It doesn't ring, like, super exciting to you. Like, Islanders-Panthers, also another matchup that's, like, it's kind of just there, in my opinion. Um, however, you know, Penguins, Habs could be good. And then Hurricanes, Rangers, obviously exciting for me because I'm a Ranger fan. I get to see them make the playoffs. But other than that, it's like, I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit underwhelming almost. Like, we could easily see three-game series in the best-of-five qualifying round out of a couple of these Eastern Conference series. Yeah, it's really interesting to even, like, start the analysis for some of this because I feel like what it, a lot of times what I'm hearing is, well, this team, they're going to be healthy. Well, here's the thing. Guess what? Literally all 24 of these teams are going to be as healthy as they've ever been when they come back. So if you're making a case for one team being healthy, like everybody has that advantage. So I don't think that's necessarily something that's going to be like a big factor in this just because everybody was placed under the same circumstances. So uh, if you're like, oh, well, Columbus, they were incredibly injured. They're going to be so healthy. They're going to come back and it's great. I mean, we really just don't know. We haven't seen hockey in so long. So how Columbus is going to come back from all their injuries, I mean, it seems like they should be getting a boost because of how injured they were and they were still playing somewhat decent hockey. So um, I just wanted to throw that out there that like, I feel like some people are like, well, X team is healthy. So watch out for them. But what you're not considering is so is just about every other team in this thing. Yeah, and I mean, you have to consider it's like a, a, literally every team will be healthy and every team is going to get players back. So it's like you could talk about how good Columbus was playing beforehand, but then you look at Toronto. Toronto's going to have a healthy Morgan Riley back. Uh, Freddie's going to finally have a little bit of rest and he will come should come back uh, the best possible he's going to be. So 
it's like talking about uh, health and everything is fun and all, but like, let's be real here. It doesn't really matter. Everybody's going to have the same sort of health. Like, you know, if you had a guy that was knocked out for the entire year, like the Hurricanes were supposed to have lost Dougie Hamilton for a while, uh, turns out that he will be back and ready for um, whatever the qualifier is, which is huge for them. Obviously, that's their best defenseman. Um, I, I don't know. It's just like I've seen a lot of people say the same thing about the injuries. It's like I don't think it's that big of a deal. Also, it's like you know the only thing that's really separating these teams, uh, what would be separating these teams right now, would be home ice advantage. It's like nobody has home ice advantage. There is no such thing as home ice advantage unless uh, a certain team gets placed in a certain city, which I don't think the NHL will allow. Let's say like they they place it in Columbus, they place the Eastern Conference in Columbus. I doubt they would allow that because um, it would give them a slight advantage. Uh, however, it's like there there really is no advantage at this point, and that's what makes this the most exciting, uh, maybe the most exciting playoff we've ever seen in the NHL, honestly. Yeah, no doubt. I think you brought up some good points there, especially I feel like, okay, so games, the last game that was played in the NHL was March 11th. So we've already gone a few months without games being played, and we're still going to go at least probably a couple more months before we actually get into the, the playoff rounds of, of the NHL. So it's so interesting to me because I feel like already as is, the NHL already has the most random playoff format, and it's so hard to predict. And um, the fact that they're bumping this down to a best of five, I, I really have no idea what teams are going to show up, who's going who's gonna to come out hot. you know. So it's it's so interesting. It's it's almost, I feel like, impossible to really have an accurate feel and and pick for for some of these series so um i feel like that's something that we'll get into once we get more details on on dates of these things but um it is definitely interesting that we got some of these matchups and i thought you brought up a good point with the home ice advantage so um obviously not having that and even if we get all the way to the stanley cup final wouldn't that be interesting to see a team not uh no not necessarily win it on their home ice but in a neutral site so um especially with no fans so that's kind of interesting but um, yeah, I wanted to touch on that. And then last thing on the Eastern Conference, we get the Brady Shea Revenge Series, Donnie. So obviously the Rangers there, there will be is, hunting for him on the on the Carolina blue line. I, I truly believe there is zero shot that Brady Shea plays a game in the playoffs. That's just, that's just my thought process here. It's like if the Hurricanes play Brady Shea in the playoffs, they are at a significant disadvantage um, considering just the talent they have on there, on the decor as is. It's like, you know, it's like they added Vaughtenden too. So you have to find a spot to put Vaughtenden in um, as well as Brady Shea. And I think Vaughtenden's probably better than Brady Shea is at this point. So uh, if he happens to play, let, let yeah. me tell I mean, you. I think, I think rosters will be expanded, so I feel like they, they maybe have a chance to play more D than usual, but yeah, I mean, that was just kind of like a... Yeah, uh, yeah, no, no, it's like, I've seen a bunch of people talking about this, it's like, watch Brady Shea score game five, overtime winner, uh, Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm sitting here like, like it's almost nightmare nightmare fuel, considering it's like, we've seen we've seen some bad overtime winners in, in the Rangers, recent Rangers history, it's like, you know, Alec Martinez comes back, and be, it wouldn't hurt as bad, obviously, it's a qualifier, but still, it's like... Brady Shea has been so maligned and so just just thrown out by the the fan base in general. It's like watch him come back and have just like the best series of all time. All right, so moving on to the Western Conference, top four seeds being St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, and Dallas. So those teams are again are going to play the uh, round robin to determine their seeding order, and we'll have a bye in the qualifying round. Then going into those qualifying round series, we have the five seed Edmonton taking on the Chicago Blackhawks. Nashville faces off against Arizona. Vancouver and Minnesota, and then the last series being Calgary and Winnipeg. Obviously, for me, I'm looking at that Chicago Edmonton series. That one should be pretty interesting. Obviously, Edmonton having uh, the two highest scoring uh, players in the league in the regular season. So, um, 
Obviously, that's a big challenge for the Hawks for a team that does already not have a very good defense and traded away Robin Lehner right before the deadline. So um, I'm definitely skeptical of how the Blackhawks do. But like I was saying earlier, to, to act like I have any idea of what's going to happen when these games are actually played would be inaccurate. So um, obviously, we'll see how that is. Exciting to see the Blackhawks um, back in you know, it's not it's not even the regular season and it's not the playoffs. That's what they said. The fact that Gary Bettman mentioned that the regular season is over. So it's it's still unclear, honestly, if these stats are going to count for playoffs, if they're going to count for regular season, if they're going to count for neither. So <laughs> that's kind of a funny dynamic for this. But um, Donnie, did you have any thoughts on any other series in the West? I think the West will be the most wide open of any of the um, I think you could rationalize any of three, maybe four of the lower seeds winning their series, considering I think during the regular season, especially it was the closest. Um, we saw the most up and down seasons out of the majority of these teams. It's like, you know, Arizona could come back all healthy and knock off a Nashville team that, you know, it's like goaltending is a slight issue. It wouldn't shock me in the slightest. You know, it's like Minnesota and Vancouver. It's like, it's the Canucks. You expect the Canucks to go out there and put on a show in the playoffs. Um, obviously different team now, but uh, you know, it's questionable. And then you know Edmonton, it's like the same thing. It's like, who's gonna play goalie for Edmonton? Who's gonna go out there? Is there gonna be an issue? Because you know, um, if you put Patrick Kane in a five game series, you never know. He could literally take it over and win you a series just him himself. So, um, I think the West will be much more wide open, and these these series should be just ridiculous. Honestly, like I, I could I could definitely see these just being absolutely insane. Um, even Calgary, Winnipeg, it's like you've got two teams that uh don't. I don't know if they necessarily have an identity. It's like teams that just barely would have snuck in if the playoffs would have started um, normally. So it's like, you know, these two teams, they they really... I, I think the bottom of the Western Conference is not very exciting. Um, but I do think that the teams outside of the top four could all... Anybody could beat anybody in the West, especially um, we were talking about how the East is, is wide open. I think the West is even more wide open than anything at this point. Yeah, I would agree. Definitely in the regular season, it seemed like it was kind of St. Louis and Colorado at the top, and then just kind of everybody else was kind of just like in like a cluster of, well, they're sometimes they play better than others, but they're all really in similar spots. Like, is there really that big of a difference between even Vegas and Dallas and the teams that just snuck in with like Chicago and Vancouver and Minnesota? Like, I, I really don't think so, but um, so that should be interesting. And then also, I think part of the the interesting thing for me that I thought of this was so for the top four seeds in that round robin round is that even really much that of an advantage because say St Louis for example they're right now sitting at the one if if the season ended they would be the one seed well now they have to play the other top teams in the West Colorado Vegas and Dallas so they could get screwed out and not even be the top seed or or drop to like a three or a four. That would be a big loss for the Blues. So um, I feel like the teams that maybe suffer from this playoff format the most are like Boston and St. Louis who are sitting at the top and now they have a chance to move down when um, if this was a normal playoff, obviously nothing is normal. So um, you have to take that with a little bit of, of uh, caution. But it's kind of interesting that those two teams have really have the most to lose out of this uh, kind of situation because they have to play the other best teams in their league and they really the only upside for them in this round robin is to keep their one spot at the top yeah i mean you're not wrong uh i do think the the whole rationalization from the top teams is probably oh we have a great chance to win it this year uh let's just let's play it out it doesn't matter what seed we get don't care where we are uh you could give us a one give us a four we're still gonna go out there and should be able to beat everybody we play regardless of who we match up against especially because there's, there's no real home ice so it's like the seeding is literally only just to get a favorable matchup and even then, it's like, is it is it more favorable to end up playing a team like I, I don't know? Let's let's say out out west, like 
I could easily see Chicago knocking off Edmonton. If Chicago is hot, like, you know, you have Patrick Kane, Jonathan Tays getting hot uh, with that surrounding core, the supporting core. It's like, is it really that much of an advantage to play them over, say, let's say, like Nashville or something like that? It's like, is is there really that much gain that you're you're getting out of that? Especially because it's like, you know, we've seen Chicago is probably one of the more experienced teams in the playoff at this point. Um, uh, maybe in terms of games played um, with some of their higher end players that have been there forever. It's like, obviously Crawford has played dozens and dozens and dozens of playoff hockey games. He knows how this works. So um, I don't know if there's that much gain, honestly, for even in the round robin. It's like, obviously they're going to play hard. They're going to go for the number one seeds and get the best matchup. But it's like, I don't think there's that much separation between the teams to where it's like you can really be mad about um, where your seating is. Obviously, you if the Blues drop to like three or four, they're not happy. Um, but what does it really matter in the long run? You're getting to play playoff hockey. And if you're one of those top four seeds, you should have the utmost confidence that you can win it all, honestly. Yeah, no doubt. It's, it's going to be really interesting, um, obviously. So... Um, definitely we did get a few questions on Twitter about this format but before I get into that I just want to go over a few other things that Gary Bettman mentioned about this format so he said that for the round robin series so those top four teams in each conference they're going to play rules with regular season overtime well in the qualifying round those best of five series are going to be playoff overtime rules so I thought that was kind of interesting that there is kind of a little bit of a separation between those two rounds and then also he mentioned that the first and second round once we get into the actual Stanley Cup playoffs so after the qualifying round, that's when we're going to get the first and second round. It could be a best of five or a best of seven. That'll probably depend on the timing of all things. If I were to guess, I feel like best of five would be a little bit more logical. And then he did mention that the conference finals and the Stanley Cup finals will definitely be best of seven series. So I think that was most essential for me. I think that's really important that those series, you definitely go um, give them the option to, to play all seven games. So um, wanted to touch on that. Definitely an interesting um, press conference from Gary Bettman. He just put it on NHL.com if you want to check it out. But with that said, we did get a few questions on Twitter. The first one uh, is from our buddy Owen at Murds underscore on Twitter. He said, thoughts on Gary Bettman's house. Uh, as I just mentioned, the the video of Gary Bettman talking about all this, he had his background with like this super fancy chair and like yellow wallpaper. So that was kind of funny that uh, Gary Bettman chose that backdrop. Donnie and I were just talking about this. Not as luxurious as Roger Goodell's for the NFL draft, Donnie. Yeah, uh, as you mentioned before the podcast, you know, it's like we've seen some backgrounds in recent days. It's like obviously we saw Bill Belichick, uh, his dog sitting at the, the table. Um, we, so we've seen back backgrounds. If we can, if we're experts on one thing, it is backgrounds of uh, Zoom calls or whatever at this point. And you know, it's like I saw somebody on Twitter uh, say that, that they thought that Gary Bettman's chair uh, sitting in the background is worth more than my entire life right now. And it's like honestly, it probably is at this point. Um, you know, struggling college student Gary Bettman probably has a hundred thousand dollar chair sitting in his his room just for no nobody ever sits on them. They're just there just for show. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's like, I just think it's funny that people nitpick every little thing that we see. It's like, oh, you said the Jerry Jones yacht before was so funny to me. Um, You know, it's like, nobody will ever beat that in terms of just like a, a subtle flex. It's not even a subtle flex. It's just a massive flex of, of wealth, honestly. Yeah, honestly, I, I think really everybody should just try it and master their background just to be whatever you can. So for me right now, I've got my Deshaun Jackson jersey on the background. So anytime I got my lap up, laptop up on my computer, you're looking at a D-Jax jersey, so... That was more of just my reminder to you, Donnie, that Deshaun Jackson returned a kick against the Giants on a punt return to win a game. Yeah, thanks, man. You know, I got to see two Super Bowls. I don't really care yep. about that one play. Uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next question here comes from our guy BBG at B Brownies Gaming. He said, "Which NHL team do you think will be most affected from this long period of break, and why?" I know I touched on this a little bit, Donnie. Did you have any thoughts on anybody um, who may be at a little bit uh, better or worse position um, than somebody else? Well, you know, I'm just I'll, I'll take the homer pick and say the Rangers will be uh, in a much better situation because they get Chris Kreider back, who was uh, the hottest scorer in hockey for a stretch of about two months. Um, offensively, he was putting up more than a point per game. And the rate you could tell as soon as he went down, the Rangers were really struggling to get any offense together. It's like I was at the the Avalanche game. It took him until three seconds left to tie it up. Uh, Pavel Buchnevich in front of the net. Um, but having Chris Kreider back will be massive for them. I really think if they had Chris Kreider healthy, um, they may have end up, ended up as one of the six or the seven seeds in this uh, the qualifying round instead of, uh, I think they're currently number 11. Um, but yeah, you can definitely rationalize. It's like, I, I'll, I'll take the homer pick and go with the Rangers. Um, getting a top liner back who's just been absolutely on fire will just be massive for their success. Uh, and I think it'll give them a, a little bit of the upper hand against the Hurricanes. What is your thought on this one? Yeah, I think Kreider's a good pick. Obviously, the Rangers opted to keep Kreider at the trade deadline, so now they're going to be able to see the benefits of that, um, obviously getting this opportunity in the qualifying round. I think just a few guys for me that I think of, um, Vladimir Tarasenko coming back for the Blues. It seemed like he was going to get a shot to come back, even if the playoffs were played at a normal time, but obviously he's just an absolute lethal goal scorer, so to add that back to the currently the top team in the West, I think that's going to help out the Blues a lot. But just touching on what I said earlier, everybody's going to be healthier than they were before. So um, I don't really think that there's a specific team that's at such a better position than somebody else. Like everybody's going to get guys back. That's just how it is. So um, I guess we'll get to see everybody kind of like it is at almost the start of the season, uh, right after training camp to um, see everybody kind of at the full potential. So it should be interesting, but to, to act like I feel like there's enough analysis to say this team is at such a better spot than another I don't really see that, but obviously time will tell as we uh, get into games on that one. So uh, thanks for that question, BBG. Next one we got our guy, Don't Be Sod 20, or Lucas, said, Why does Dominic Kubalik win the Calder, and how will Avs and Canucks fans react? So obviously if that happened, I mean, Canucks and Avs fans would be upset that their rookie defensemen did not win, being Kale McCarr and Quinn Hughes. Obviously those guys both had more points than Kubalik, but Kubalik definitely did come on strong. But I feel like actually kind of an interesting point here, I know we touched on it a little bit earlier that the regular season is officially closed. Like Gary Bettman, like he closes. He said the 19-20 the regular season is in the book. So the qualifying round and the round robin is not going to count for regular season statistics, but we still don't know what it's going to count for. Is that going to count straight up for playoffs? But we're not even in the Stanley Cup playoff round yet. So that part of it is still unsure. So I guess that maybe affects awards a little bit. The Oilers tweeted out that Leon Dreisaitl wins the Art Ross. Um because he had the most points at the end of the regular season. So, I mean, it's it's kind of interesting how, how the awards are going to shake out of this. Donnie, did you have any thoughts on kind of what is going on here? First off, uh, Lucas, Kubelik has zero chance to win the Calder. I'm sorry to tell you. Uh, I'd like I'd like <laughs> to tell you that, you know, it's like he's he's a lock. But It's the Blackhawks bias in the yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate to say that he, I think he's actually the fourth uh, fourth player in, in the Calder behind Makar Hughes and Adam Fox, who's uh, Adam Fox's metrics are just ridiculous. Uh, however, I don't know. I think I think it's be very interesting finding it like how the actual awards work out. It's like I saw people were uh, were not thrilled about the Rocket Richard Leafs fans in general because Austin Matthews will not be winning it this year, even though he is literally one behind uh, Pasternak and Ovechkin. Uh, 
with he has 47. I think Pasternak and Ovechkin have 48. I saw many Leafs fans very upset. Um, obviously, you have like the little the the. the Maybe the younger fans are like, wow, Austin Matthews, you did a great job. I'm really proud of you. But but uh, some of the other fans are not thrilled at the NHL for awarding it, apparently, uh, to Pasternak and Ovechkin. Um, I just think it's going to be interesting to figure out how, how these awards are going to work. Cause it's like you're voting on a, a semblance of a season at this point. You're voting on just, just a, a large chunk of a season. You're not voting on a full season. So it's like, for the Norris, I know we're going to have close voting. It's like you have guys like Carlson, Hedman, Yossi, who can all very easily win it. Um I don't know how they're exactly going to vote vote on that. Um, Vezina, I, I mean, like Tuka Rask, Hellebuck, Vasilevsky, you know, like even Biddington and Bishop. It's like, I don't understand. Uh, if you're voting on 60-some games, it's like, it's fine. But um, we're going to hit a point where people are going to be very unhappy if their candidate doesn't win because there's not a full season. They said, oh, if there was a full season, we would end up winning and yada, yada, yada. Um, just another, uh, I, ho- I just hope people don't put an asterisk on things, honestly. It's just like, Everybody's under the same little, like, uh, stipulation. Um, nobody's really, like, nobody wanted this to happen. Let's be real here. So it's, like, for, for the fact that people are going to be complaining, I've already seen people complain about the Rocket Richard, for example. It's, like, what does it matter? In the long run, what does it really matter? It's just an award. Like, if your team wins the Cup, um, there's going to be 15, 15 teams um, or more that, that will be saying, oh, it's an Asterisk Cup. You know, it's like fans are going to be out there saying, oh, you know, it's like this one doesn't count. It was a shortened season. You know, you got lucky. Um, that's why, like, you know, let's say the Blackhawks ended up winning the Stanley Cup. People would be sitting there like, no, they didn't earn it. They got lucky. They were the 12th seed and they made a, a miraculous run. But, like, in the regular season, they wouldn't have made it this far. I just really – I hope that that doesn't happen. I, I've I've come to the conclusion that hockey Twitter in general and hockey fans will be uh, – if their team loses, they'll be saying, "Oh, it's just a shortened season." You know, it's like they would have won if it's a seven-game series. Uh, I, I get, I get worried about these things because I just don't want to see it. Like everybody's under the same stipulations here. Whoever wins the cup wins the cup. Whoever wins awards wins awards. It's like it's fine. And does a Calder really matter that much to you in the long run, anyway? No, definitely not. I mean, Artemi Panarin he won the Calder as like a thirty-year-old man. So I mean, really, whatever happens now is so irrelevant. But that is kind of a funny point. If your team or player wins, you're probably going to be happy. And then if your team or player doesn't win, you're probably going to be mad. So that's probably just the case with anything that ever happens in sports the rest of, of this season. Be, just because, like like we said, we're in unprecedented times. So if your team loses, you're going to be like, this format sucks. But if your team wins, you're like, oh, actually, you know, pretty good Let's job. Let's do NHL. this I think that's, term, just, yeah. that's just what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, exactly. All right, last question here we got my buddy. Josh, big Columbus Blue Jackets fan, saying, why am I picking the Blue Jackets to win the Stanley Cup? I know we talked about their series with the Leafs a little bit, but um, I'm actually a little bit more intrigued in that series than you were, Donnie. I think those teams are uh, pretty exciting. I mean, Columbus in the playoffs, they seem to really um, kind of figure it out. I mean, they've been in the playoffs before, obviously sweeping Tampa last year. That was kind of a big surprise, so they have a little bit more playoff experience now, but obviously not as talented of a roster. But as I mentioned, um, they're getting healthy, as is everybody else, so um that should be an interesting series and then seeing the Leafs in the playoffs is always funny just because it seems like they always have fun games and series going uh deep into them because they don't have a defense but can score a ton of goals so um that series should be interesting I don't know if I'm picking the Blue Jackets to win the Stanley Cup but um I I I am definitely intrigued with their series yeah I mean depending on the odds you know picking them to win their first round their qualifying round series makes a little bit of sense but I don't think you throw Columbus up against Boston or Tampa I don't think it's gonna go very well honestly it's like I think you could say the same for any of the teams like I'm very optimistic about the Rangers. However, I do not think they have any chance to win the Stanley Cup. I'm, I'm going to say that they're going to win the Stanley Cup over and over and over. Uh, speaking into existence, it won't happen. They have no shot. They can win their first round series. That's about it, probably. Um, yeah, if, if you're looking to put 
money on Columbus to win the Stanley Cup. I mean, the odds are good. Don't put that much money in. You're fine. Um, if you're if you've convinced yourself that the Columbus Blue Jackets are going to win the Stanley Cup, they're the best team in the Eastern Conference. Um, in this where they have to win an extra series, for example, um, I think you might want to back off that claim just a little bit, uh, especially because they could very easily lose the Leafs in, in three or four games in the first round. Just how the playoffs work, um, how this this works, and we haven't seen the Blue Jackets play with a healthy roster in how long. So, you know, it's like they they could have a little bit of a there could be some question marks there. Let's uh, see how they, you know, assimilate back in the lineup, obviously, because they had seven or eight guys out for a, a large chunk of the season. So, yeah, I think also a big thing to note with the Jackets would be just to play up Merzlikens because he was so good for that stretch, getting a shout out seemingly like every single game. And then he kind of went into a slump towards the end of the season. So uh, which version of him is going to show up? Obviously, goaltending is going to be so incredibly important once we come back um, to play as it is in every playoff. So um, that'll be an interesting thing to know. But yeah, I would say overall, um, the, the Jackets Leaf series is probably one of my favorites in the East. Uh, just looking ahead, that being the eight, nine matchup. So makes sense. Those teams have the exact same points percentage. And then I would say even in the West, um, the series that I'm looking most forward to outside of the Blackhawks, obviously would be Calgary and Winnipeg. Um, I think that's again, the eight, nine matchup. So the team's closest in points percentage playing each other. So I think that's pretty interesting. I kind of like watching the Jets. I think they're a fun team to watch, obviously with the ability of line A and Wheeler and Shifley. That's always a fun line to watch. So um, I would say overall, those are the series that I'm most looking forward to. Yeah. I think one thing, one interesting thing we didn't really touch on uh, in the initial is this, this massively weird lottery setup they've got going on here. So I don't know if you've, you've read into it at all, but it's like, there's going to be multiple draws to figure out multiple teams. And then if a, if a team in the eight through 15 group gets picked, um, there's going to be so much just, I mean, like, I think the only word is fuckery at this point. It's like, I'm still waiting to see exactly how it happens and how everything manages. Cause it's like, what if we saw a team, like, let's say the Penguins ended up losing their first round series and then winning the number one pick. How many people are going to be so butthurt over that? They're like 1.6% odds of winning the number one pick. How many people are going to be so, so, so upset over this? Um, just in social media in general on TV, it's going to be, I think the lottery is, is set up for as much fuckery as the playoff system is, honestly, at this point. Yeah, I agree. I'm glad you brought up the lottery. That was definitely one of the other things that Gary Bettman highlighted earlier this week. But I know I mentioned it last week's podcast. It just seems like there's so much to figure out. And what he did say about the lottery, like you said, is one thing that I do like is so for the seven teams that did miss the playoffs, it's not like their odds are going to increase. Like whatever odds that they were to get in their spot if if the season you know played out as it normally would, that's the odds they're going to get in the lottery. So from that standpoint, I think it's definitely fair. Now where you run into a little bit of like what is going on here is with the next spot. So the teams that lose the qualifying rounds, it seemed like the NHL was leaning towards putting together a lottery before the qualifying rounds even start. And I think that makes absolutely no sense. I don't know why you're rushing a lottery in a time before we even know every team that's going to make the official Stanley Cup playoffs because regular season's over, but this is not officially the Stanley Cup playoffs. Why are we rushing a draft lottery before we even get to the playoffs? That part still doesn't make a ton of sense to me. A lot to figure out that the lottery, I think they should just wait until we know which teams lose in the qualifying round and just do the lottery as they normally do. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's definitely an interesting situation and they still have a lot to figure out there. Yeah, I feel like they're putting uh, just too much pressure on themselves to figure things out quickly. It's like, I think we can establish at this point next season will not be starting on time. It will be uh, pushed back to at least, I don't know, mid-December, I, I think would be a fair assessment there. So it's like, 
if you have all that time, obviously you're going to have to rush the offseason a little bit. It's going to be condensed offseason, which is fine because it's like in free agency, I think in general, it's like nothing really happens outside of the first week of free agency. Let's be real here. It's like I, I think that the first day or two of free agency uh, is when everything happens. And then, you know, it's like you have the little the depth signings trickle in here and there. But we all we, we essentially know where everybody's going to sign on day one, day two, day three of free agency anyway. So it's like having that two-month period for free agency where everything else is pretty much dead doesn't make much sense at this point. It's like I think they could even, yeah. in regular seasons, they could definitely finesse it to where it makes more sense to just like not have such a long offseason in general. It's like, or at least cut down the periods a little bit, um, make things a little more condensed and a little bit more exciting for fans in general. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that, especially for the guys who are pending UFAs on the seven teams who are not in the postseason or the qualifying round. Like those guys are just going to be chilling for so long. Like they're going to be like, man, I don't even like want an offseason. I just want to start playing hockey. So after they can finish these playoffs, I'm sure they're just going to want to get the offseason done really as quick as they possibly can with the draft and free agency. And as you said, obviously, the NHL kind of has a unique format with their free agency that it really all just does happen so quick. But um, that's really going to be put to the test this offseason, obviously. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to follow, uh, from that perspective, but yeah, I mean, we covered a lot with there with the NHL. There's a little bit to go with the MLB, um, in news there, but did you have any other final thoughts on, uh, everything we've learned about the NHL this week, Donnie? No, I'm just excited to have news. You know, it's like, I've been talking every podcast from, from the last couple weeks, months, I've been just talking about, I just want a semblance of news. I want things written down. I want to see things come into action. And, you know, it's like, we're finally seems like there's something happening here, which is, yeah, exciting, honestly. Yeah, no doubt. Definitely a good PR day for the NHL to release some matchups and, and some things for us to talk about. But as I mentioned, that should still be a little bit of a ways away with training camps not being even able to be started until July. So um, we'll definitely monitor that, see how things go. But definitely is exciting to get a little bit of positive news there. Now, I mentioned a little bit that the MLB in not quite a similar spot as the NHL. Um, obviously, all leagues still have a lot to figure out. But MLB, in terms of talking about player salaries, that's where they're really uh, drawing some issues, in, uh, um, it seems like, right now. So um, what I was reading, the highest-played players in the MLB, so guys making over $20 million, for example— these their salaries are going to already be prorated so we're going to get a shorter season what jeff passan and, and some of these mlb writers were talking about is that instead of 162 games that these players are going to be paid for they're going to pay be paid as if it was 82 or about half that season so their salaries are already going to be cut basically in half and then on top of that the higher paid players are going to be at a position where their salaries are going to be cut all the way down to 20% if you're making over 20 million and then it's um, rationed out uh, between that. So guys like Mike Trout, Max Scherzer, they've been um, a little bit vocal. I know Max Scherzer put out a tweet saying that obviously he doesn't want to be playing baseball when he signed a contract to be paid all this money and then it's cut in half and then that cut in half is cut by 20%. So I thought that was a bit extreme that that was actually what the owners were looking for in that. But obviously the MLB has got a long way to go before they can uh, agree to, to all that they have to do before they can get games going. Yeah, and I saw today Jeff Passon said that they, he thinks that uh, minor league teams will be cutting. Well, obviously major league teams will be releasing hundreds of minor leaguers. Um, which is a little bit of a, a difference considering, like, I think it, we're used to having anywhere from a dozen to two dozen players cut from each team, obviously, so they can land on different teams. Uh, we saw this was like, you see guys like Max Muncy come up out of nothing after not being able to make the athletics, and then, you know, it's like he's, he's a superstar in, in MLB now. Um, but yeah, Jeff Passan said that he thinks there will be anywhere from, like, three, four, maybe even five dozen players cut from every um, minor league team 
um, that, that the MLB has, uh, they have connections to, uh, more or less as a, uh, I think that's a statement that there's not going to be a minor league season. I think that that's pretty much established at this point. Um, and, and then we get to a point where it's like, everybody's looking at the cost cut. It's like, we saw today, the athletics or, or what was it yesterday? The athletics said that they weren't going to pay their minor leaguers, uh, the $400 weekly that they were, they were uh, supposed to be paid, which is. I get interesting in general, considering the athletics owner is worth uh, over two billion dollars, um, and and he could definitely pay them their whatever they needed to make. Um, I I think the MLB in general at this point is in they they went from what could have potentially been the best situation possible to the worst situation possible. Now you have uh, guys like Max Scherzer who have uh, insane amounts of pull. He's one of the most talented players we've seen in the game in a long time. Talking about how they shouldn't even discuss with the MLB um, salary issue at this point. So when you're at a point where you can't even talk about things, you can't even discuss things, uh, it gets to a point where you think like, there, there's a significant chance there might not be a baseball season this season. Like I know the MLBPA is thinking about um, a direction they can go in to make things work. But when you're this far off, I feel like it's just such a disgusting discrepancy in, in what they're looking for. It's like I think I side with the MLBPA here, obviously. Um, you know, just pay the players. These players, uh, they are going to be risking uh, – their health, um, missing their families for a long time. Uh, I think that the uh, the model would have had them missing their not being able to see their families for four months, which is a little bit ridiculous considering I think the longest road trip any team has is about two two and a half weeks during the regular season, like in a normal season. Um, so the fact that they're willing to pay and they're not willing to pay players to play, especially because they they're gonna make money. It's like all the MLB teams make a ridiculous amount of money anyway. Uh, during a pandemic, TV ratings will go up and everything. I just think uh, we're at a we're at a significant crossroads here that where we could see no baseball season this season at all. We could see it canceled all the way through, which would just be shocking to me. Yeah, I mean, I will say that there's not any league that has agreed to how players are going to be paid, um, at least among the major sports. So the MLB is definitely not alone in that. But um, that kind of information has been coming out lately as those talks have been going on. So definitely wanted to bring that up. But um yeah, definitely a nice pod. We're definitely going to go over other things that come out as they do, but um, definitely wanted to, to make sure we touch on those uh, NHL news that came out this week. A um, little bit of actual hockey matchups for us to, to talk about, so that was nice. But yeah, Donnie, I mean, I don't have too much else. Did you want to say anything to any potential listeners out there? Yeah, I know it's like if anybody has any questions they want us to discuss or things that they're curious about how we can, uh, uh, what, what we can talk about here, obviously there's not a whole lot going on. Um, we're kind of just uh, we're clinging to whatever news we have here. Uh, I think we've seen a lot of interesting moves here and there, but it's like not not a whole lot is going on still. It's like you get these proposals and you can still only talk about so much. So if anybody that listens and listens deep into the podcast has anything they want us to talk about, feel free to share it at Roku eighty three at Donnie on the Horn at Roth Podcast, uh, any of the three, and we will discuss it as they go on. Um, we're very willing to talk about just about anything. I think Rodeo would agree that we can say we can talk about just about anything on here. Yeah, definitely agree. Really appreciate all the questions that did come in this week. Um, I know I was able to put that out, so to get a few questions about the NHL, and then I know we had a few last week as well. So definitely appreciate all those. Definitely keep them coming. So um, big appreciate for, from us there. Obviously, special word to our guy, Sheck West, as well. Definitely inviting him onto our podcast, as always. So wanted to make sure to bring that up as well. But definitely, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks, to everybody, for listening. And uh, yeah, Donnie, do you have any any other farewells for us? No, I think we should just uh, end it off here before it gets too too long. You know, it's like we we discussed all we needed to discuss, yeah. and there's not much going on, right? The Ra- the Rangers, obviously, Rangers Hawks Stanley Cup final. That's that's what's yeah, happening. If, so. if it ha- looking forward if to it. If it happens, I'll fly out to wherever you are at the time. Maybe Iowa and we'll watch together. How's that sound? 
I know. The hub. It, maybe the hub will be in Chicago, and then it'll be Hawks Rangers in Chicago. And then they'll allow two fans in, and it's just me. Absolutely. And That's what I think the NHL should I'm do. I'm good actually. with that. Um, yeah. Gary, Seems fair. if you're interested, Gary, you know, hit my line. Uh, my, my Twitter DMs are open. Feel free to uh, let me know if that's what you're thinking. We'll uh, we'll sit on the opposite sides of the arena and everything to uh, social distance if, if that's what we're looking for. Right. Whatever you want, we'll, we'll adhere to. Absolutely. So, yeah, appreciate everybody for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Argentina and California Using the Bentley beef on up the street Playing one of our songs, yeah Sound about give up beat Now they fallin' up beat Tryin' see we gone Smoke shit, lightin' noise Swervin' around these toys 